Boston, Massachusetts, to Adelaide, Australia, and everywhere in between, talking local and national sports, and just about anything discussed in a tavern. Broadcasting from South Lyon, Michigan, welcome to Easy Speak at Speakeasy 330 with your hosts, Rich and Tom. We are back. It's Sunday night in the Speakeasy. Richard Jasper. Uh, doing doing all right doing all right back hurts a little bit somebody tried to be superman uh on friday night and didn't ask a certain individual's it, help it, it wasn't it wasn't the dryer on on friday night it was moving the washing machine over this morning is oh what, okay. what it was okay. the dryer's light as hell i could probably carry that outside on my back again you didn't request uh the help of of you know me you know because right next door you've been really easy for you to pick up the phone and say hey uh me hand here i didn't know if you were taking a bath or not uh well unfortunately i was not this <laughs> morning but before we get started uh we have a special birthday to announce tomorrow oh yeah tomorrow yes tomorrow Big my day. uh uh my better half miss christina uh it is her birthday She's 45 now. I, I won't divulge the age because I, I, I apparently that's uh, uh, frowned upon. Well, two things you don't uh, two things you never ask women is their weight and their age. Those are the two things. Well, you, unless you're in a serious relationship, <laughs> but we don't need to go there. So we want to wish uh, Christina a happy birthday tomorrow. And uh, hopefully somebody come with an ice cream cake. That was only request. So we'll, we'll see how that. Goes. Why do you why do you give that up? You're like, well, maybe. Am I privy to this ice cream cake tomorrow too? Or? Uh, if, if the ice cream cake hap happens, um, uh, your presence is required. So. Oh, it's required. Required. It's it's required. Gotcha. So. But, uh, folks, I, I swear I'm deaf because I think this is probably like the fourth time I've had to turn my headphones up. It's yeah. I mean, uh, it's I mean it's cranked up. I mean, I'm, unless I'm uh, being very quiet. But anyways, you're probably being a little quiet. Yeah. So. It happened, finally happened after uh, a two series homestand and then the third game in Toronto. Mr. Miguel Cabrera hits number 500. Yep, number 500. You know, and, and uh, it's uh, kind of disheartening that uh, no fan was able to get that ball because it went into like the uh, little area between the bullpen and the stands. Yeah, I guess one of the there. one of the guys in the bullpen ran in, in was able to get it. So well, I tell you right now, if one guy I know got that baseball, he wasn't giving it back. The, the guy by the name of Swingle. Oh, <laughs> Swingle would hold that ball hostage, no question about it. Yeah, he'd want a hefty ransom for that ball, <laughs> and he pretty much said, "You you pay no ball." Yes. And and that was what they talked about last week going into the series, like what is, you know, what are the teams willing to pay? And they immediately said that the Tigers and Cabrera were not going to be paying for it. But uh, you might as well because the 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 items that they were going to be giving up for the ball, shit, you could have made a mint for, but didn't happen. So, so quick question to ask you since since finally at. 500 milestone i'm looking at the computer here but 500 milestone he's got about what 40 it's like 29 54 55 ish yeah so he's got about 45 more hits yeah. he's got a head at 3000 do you think that 
there was any chance even before that that he was not going to make it in the Hall of Fame? No. Yeah. No, I mean, makes it a little bit easier. Yeah, easier it, thing to swallow. I think it 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 seals it. You know, undoubtedly seals his uh, uh, placement in Cooperstown. Yeah. But um, because you you know you look at it, you go around the league and and gonna hit 500 home runs again we're gonna get 3,000 hits I mean you're looking at Trout has 310 I think I heard today that um the most overrated player in baseball um uh your uh Jacob's buddy uh Harper uh is that like overrated oh I can't can't stand him he uh he's at like 250 but um I mean Miggy might be the last player we see in a long time to hit 500 and you know that's that's in this day and age the way pitching is and and you know just the the way that hitting is kind of disappeared in a lot a lot with a lot of teams so for him to get that 500 is a big relief and now i i speculate he's going to go on a run now that he's now that the pressure's off yeah i i, no I really pressure, no pressure and it's um, fair to say yeah i i i see him going on a nice little run but i will have to say and aj hinch brought this up in the in the post game uh class move by the fans of toronto they gave him a standing ovation that was really cool to see uh uh the the blue jays uh allowing you know them to you know tim to tip his cap he came up for a curtain call and it was just a cool moment i mean it's history and um, glad it, glad it's over. And unfortunately, you know, you, we both went to two games hoping to see it and, uh, not so fast. <laughs> yeah. I think I spent more money uh, in the last two weeks. You know, I, why well, we went to a game in, uh, when they played against Cleveland, then we went to the angels. And yep. of course we had to go Wednesday when Shohei was mm-hmm. pitching and that guy can absolutely <sighs> blow the stitches off a ball. He's, he is something to see, uh, for, him to go eight complete i mean why he didn't come out for the ninth i'm not sure i mean his pitch count was i don't even think it was at 90 at that point um but the bomb he hit uh in the seventh inning i have never heard the crack of the bat like that ever i've been to a lot of baseball games i've seen a lot of home runs i have never heard a sound like that and it was funny is you know, we were fortunate enough to get tickets in right field, and that happened to go one section over from yeah. us. Same amount of rows back because we got in right field. We're like, well, you know what? If if Miggy's gonna hit one over here, he's got to get a hold of it. Mm-hmm. So we were one, we were one over from where Otani hit his at. And dude, it was a, it was a bomb. It was <laughs> it, it was like four hundred. They said, said four thirty, but no, it, it had to be it, closer to four forty, easy. It ended up right underneath the Comerica Bank sign out there on that facade, but. Just the guy is, and, and we were into your boys about what we're watching, the type of player, you know, and everybody says well, it hasn't been done since Bay Ruth. I mean, and, and for him to start and lead off, like this was his 10th home run uh, during a start of his, which is, which is amazing too. And, you know, and then he gets a stolen base. He just, the guy is, he is so unbelievably talented. I don't think, Anybody knows what the ceiling is. He just continues to get better and better. He's he hit his 40th home run. He just the guy is just uh un, unbelievable to watch. And and there was no way um I wanted to miss that game. And you know, Christina surprised me with tickets, which I was I was floored about. And 
being able to witness him live. And there's certain players like, you know, Michael Jordan to see him play and, and um, Ken Griffey Jr. to see him play live. I mean, there's legends that, you know, you always want to say, I got to see him play live. And, and so that was a really cool moment. So do you think that the way his play has been this year so far, it's, I mean, the season's coming pretty close to a close. September call-ups are going to mm -hmm. come in. Um, I I think he's the front runner for the AL MVP for sure. I, I and I think I would I don't know if I would put him as going to get a Cy Young, but he's going to be in talk. He's going to be in discussions. He's going to be top five, no question. He's he's now he's ten and two, so I don't think he has the uh, right amount of starts. Because uh, ten and two going into the end of August, that seems a little bit low. I don't know if he missed some starts, but his ERA is on un is under three points or two point seven. Um, his strikeouts are up there; it's one of the league's best. And and you flip the switch, and you see he's, he's uh, forty home runs. He's got over ninety RBIs. Um, if he can kick his batting average up a little bit, maybe 10, 15 points to get it closer to three hundred. No question, he's the MVP. But in my opinion, I, I think he deserves it on the simple fact that he is a dominating pitcher and he's doing things, you know, at the at the plate that, you know, we've never seen. So, and I, I, I think he's probably going to hit 50 home runs this year. I, cool. I think he's going to hit 50, maybe a little bit more than 50, mm -hmm. but, um, you know, you figure we got a month, month and a half of season left. And so. I you know, expect him to come back next year and do the pretty much the exact same as long as he stays healthy. Yeah. As long as he's staying healthy, I, you know, he's going to be a, he's definitely going to be a force. And it's going to be interesting to see how, um, how the Angels manage it, you know, from a money standpoint, mm -hmm. because they got, they got some players and they got some money wrapped into some players. Trout, so. Rendon, and, and he's going to come up at some point. And, so the fact that they they don't have a salary cap helps them. Um, they've got a good team. You know, they came yeah. in here and they they swept the tires. That was very disappointing to see. Um, but I mean, the Angels have have a good team. They've got a very well balanced team. They remind me a lot of you know another Joe Madden coach team at one point, the the Rays. You know, when Madden was coaching there. I mean, he just fundamentally knows how to coach, and he and he and he gives he teaches these players you know, the, the insides and outs that a lot of teams don't have. And, and I, I not going to make a big push for the wild card. They're in the hunt, which is a big step of improvement than they have been in the past couple of years. But I do see them there too, you know, they can make some noise in that. And AOS. Yeah. So uh, talk about John Madden. I mean, we're not going to beat a dead horse on this topic Joe, Joe or Madden. Joe Madden, yeah. John Madden, the duckling. Yeah. Sorry. But, um, uh, <laughs> No, I, 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 what do you think is, what, what do you think makes him different than like, okay, so him and Rod Gardenhire were the same, you know, they were, they were both dominant. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not going to say dominant, but they were very good productive coaches at, when, when Gardenhire was in Minnesota mm -hmm. and when he, young players, and then when he was in Tampa Bay, mm -hmm. young players, right. small markets, not big salary caps, not the big flashy players, right? You know, like, okay, Tory Hunter, but he, he left and it was you know, on the back I, end of his career. Yeah. Leadership role at yeah. that point. So why do you, what's the difference between what makes him so much more successful than Rod Gardenhire? You think? I think it's his, his ability to uh, relate with the players. 
Um, I do feel like he's the type of guy where he goes to the hotel bar after the games and he has a beer with the players. I, his, he just, he's got a calm approach. You, you rarely ever see him get real fiery in the dugout with his players. He will with the umpires for sure, but he just has a knack of, of just understanding the players. And, and I think they want to go to war for him, which, you know, I'm hoping that players here in Detroit with Dan Campbell do, uh, and AJ Hinch well, but I, they just, they love him so much. And just the fact that, you know, they, they want to win for him and, and it, it, he gets results. He got results in Chicago and I mean, although they were loaded, they were loaded, but no, I just think he has, he has a knack of really understanding and uh, feeling like one of the guys and the players really appreciate that. Yep. I'm a fair statement. Mm-hmm. What we got next? <sighs> Talking about the, uh, the, the, Tigers going into uh, this weekend series, which was uh, nice to see them come out, especially today after Miggy's uh, get his fifth uh, 500. Ah, that was a, you know what? Now that's, it's funny because everybody will say, you know, when you see something like that, you want to have a, a milestone, win, a milestone. A win associated People don't it. really remember the milestone. They remember the milestone. With they don't remember the, how, 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 the, how the game ended. Yeah. Going into the ninth down by a run and, and, and a player that I have, been very vocal about who has come back uh he was sent down has come back up and 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 he may be leading this team willie castro who uh, you know as well i have been a, a very big opponent of um because of the hype machine was was huge with him coming into the season he is he has been tearing the shit out of the ball and he comes up huge two outs in the ninth big two out double uh, and he, he ends up scoring a run, and he gets a huge hit in the tenth uh, for them to go up. Uh, you know, part of it going up by two. So that was really, really a, a, a more of a statement series for the Tigers, uh, letting letting people know that. And I mean, especially the fans, we're not going to just lay down. You know, yeah, it sucked. They went one in what was it, one in five in that homestand. Home it's yeah. terrible. In, in a place, I mean, Comerica has been really good for them this year, but. Them to come out, especially, the, you know, they blew that eight-run lead, uh, what was it, Thursday, and then they come the very next night, go to Toronto, which, I mean, that's been a house of horrors for the Tigers in previous years. And they, they extra innings, they put up three. Yeah, and, two, two games yeah, extra innings. All, all three of them oh, in the extra right. innings. So, but uh, they had two wins out of yeah, the extra innings. Yep. So that was, um, that was really a, a big, big statement. For me, let know let me know as a fan. I'm sure the everybody else that you know they're they're still gonna fight. They're they're not gonna just lay lay down the teams. But uh, um, but you know the bullpen, which was a strong suit coming into this series. They, they all right. So, what gives? Why? Why do we put Soto out? I mean, yeah, he throws gas, but he. Oh my God, the last couple outings, uh-huh. man, he's been absolutely garbage. He looked good today. And he pitched two innings today. He looked good Friday. When they put him in for a non-save situation, I immediately looked at you and I said, "This game's over." That was against uh, that was against the Angels. Yeah, I said this game's over because a closer needs to be in a closing situation. You you can't put a closer and and I two things. I'm against putting a closer in in the eighth inning. And against putting a closer in when 
There's not a, a save on not a save yeah. situation. So, and you know, he got two quick outs, and then uh, I don't know what happened. Loaded the bases, and then uh, Joe Adele hits his first career home run. Yeah, and it happened to be a grand slam. slam. And then there was another. I, I mean, that was about as bad of a ninth inning as we've seen. That was the first game against the Angels. But uh, so the one thing that's been consistent for them has, you know, the last few games has been a little bit rocky is the bullpen coming in to the series against the Angels. They were uh, the the second best ERA as a, as a bullpen, as a team since the All-Star break. And it shows they, they, they've been winning, but uh, that, that kind of, you know, they they had the bump in the road with Holland and Soto and uh, uh, Rosacea face Kyle Funkhauser. And uh, so <laughs> why are you, you going to make fun of that? Well, look at that guy. He's, he's either got really bad nerves or or really high blood pressure because my face oh. is fucking beat red right now. And you're sitting here making fun of me. You, that might be from the sun. That's not uh, that ain't, dude. That ain't from the sun. That's <laughs> called. I'm sitting here sweating my balls off. Well, it is hot. It, it, it hit about 93 here in Michigan. Um, I spent the, the afternoon on the lake, so I was sweating uh, profusely. We'll say, but um, all right. So I can't talk about these tigers anymore. You don't want to talk about the big, you know, the one step closer, the the big two, Torkelson, Riley Green. One step closer to the bigs. Good okay. thing. Okay, that's probably my that's probably a little bit of my excitement when it comes to Tigers right now. It really does because, um, it's just amazing. I I think in a couple of years, as long as they stay healthy, and as long as they keep progressing and doing I, what they're doing, I think I we think, see Riley Green, no question, next year here. Um, he technically, my personal opinion, should have been here this year. I agree. Uh, Torkelson depends on how he finishes the last month. Now, Toledo's in the first place in their division. Now, now hear this. So there's going to be some very competitive, meaningful baseball. So if he proves that he he can get production in, in you know, high-pressure situations, you might see Nicholson here. Now, the next question would be, do you, you flip Candyman over to first base? Uh, what are you going to do with him, or does he become a trade chip? Yeah. No, I, you know, uh, I would probably say move him over to first base. I mean, he played a little bit there already. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd have Scopes stay at second base, or do sure. you, or does Torkelson start off at first base a little yeah, less? But they drafted him, and they came out and said, right at yeah. the draft, you're going to be a third baseman. Yeah, and that's where they see him mm-hmm. at. So interesting. It's it's a, it's a good problem to have. Yeah, it's yeah, a nice problem sure. to have because you know a Candelario scope uh they got to solve the, the 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 shortstop dilemma but i i do believe that that will be addressed in the off season so good things happening looking forward to the next year or two uh here in detroit as far as the young talent goes and we were just talking about a guy who said that can just do about everything you know steal bases hit, mm-hmm. hit bombs everything like that and just swipe the bag yeah oh yeah he's it was a guy 20 21 stolen bases he's only been caught five or six times He's amazing. Guys, he's he's, a, he's sick. He is sick. All right, so the Pontiac Pussycat. Yeah. Um not much to write home. I know about. it's preseason. Yeah. Okay, I know it's preseason. And um I'm not I'm not expecting a lot this mm-hmm. year, but I I saw it. I hope I expect more this year than what I saw 
last night's game. However, none of the big starters played. Nobody. None of the big players started. Which, you see that as a problem. As, as far as getting, getting you know, the game speed, you know, you hear, you know, well, you can practice, but, you know, the game speed's a little bit different. Do you, does that worry you specifically for golf? Because golf's not going to take a snap in this preseason. It's 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 evident. Um, your your big uh, running backs haven't played. Uh, Hawkinson. I, I'm not worried about Hawkinson. He's he's a talent. He's young and he's you know he's gonna he's gonna get his numbers. But you know specifically golf and some of those running backs that aren't gonna play in this preseason. Does that worry you because they hit the ground, San Francisco? Uh, their schedule is 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 pretty brutal, brutal right off the rip. And if you haven't taken a snap, you know, in the preseason, it's a, for the sake of injury wise, it's a good thing. But uh, if if you haven't had that competitive drive yet, going into you know your first game against San Francisco, who's if they stay healthy, if Jimmy G stays healthy, uh, stays out of those porn stars uh, hotel rooms, uh, uh, you're you know they're going to be really good. They're going to be competing for the West. So, it, it, is that a good thing or a bad thing that they haven't played? Well, it, it's twofold. Okay, twofold is my personal opinion on preseason game. They're they're meaningless games, really. Yeah. Forgot. I mean, you got Jared Goff, you got Hawkinson, you got Swift, you got those guys right there. Um, they're your core. They're they're the With core. Williams. They're, and, yeah, they're the core. Yeah. You know, and those are the guys that you have a lot of money invested in, a lot of time invested mm-hmm. in. Did you do you really want to take a chance on something fluke happening? True. And then losing them for the season, mm-hmm. and then you know, I I think the the being cautious is um is the is the better route to go for them, yeah. especially with golf coming off a, a thumb injury that he had. Toward the end of last season, yeah, which those things tend to stick Aggregate, around yeah. for a while, and and you know he did get a playoff win uh, against Seattle, which was you know out of nowhere. Nobody gave. I mean, he got he found out basically because of the other guy. Well, actually, no, he did not start. The other guy got, got clobbered. He got molly whopped, and uh, you know McVay didn't have any other choice. But and then he started. Then I lose it against Green Bay or something. It looked okay. Yeah. Yeah. But um, two weeks removed you know, from a thumb just injury. Just a lot of people. I mean, they're they're not high on him whatsoever. Uh, you know what? Let the guy play. Yeah. Let let the guy play a game. You know, zero expectations. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, I think that uh, Dan Campbell has this team heading in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Do we still need more key personnel? Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Do I think that um, we have a higher ceiling now with Campbell than we did with Matt Patricia? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Who? because. I said Matt Patricia, the old regime. Yeah, there you go. I'm sorry, the old the old regime. Yes. You know, the ceiling is higher on Dan Campbell mm-hmm. and Brad Holmes to uh they're starting to make the place look like it's right. an attractive place to right. come and play. But it's also a big question mark. This is his first full time gig. Um uh Holmes full time man. So I think the two of them, you know, kind of walking in the same footsteps as far as their uh, uh, seniority in the uh, coaching in the 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 front office realm. Uh, interesting to see they both have a lot of upside, and 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 I think most Lions fans can agree they're they're willing to say, okay, if if you win five six, okay, we get it. Just improve 
improve on that. And this might be the, the, uh, what do you call that when in golf, the, uh, get an extra shot mulligan uh, yeah this this might be the mulligan season for the lions take advantage of it the over under i saw was five and a half wins for the the lovable leos and uh i i i think they'll get my I'm seven seven and ten that's my prediction for the season yeah the, the, the nfc north is garbage besides green bay it's pretty bad the old uh Aaron Rodgers looking like a homeless guy these days. <laughs> and Andy Dalton, they're saying Andy uh, Dalton's going to be the starter, which I think is a huge mistake for them. But well, I guess that's Fields looked a little rough last night. Oh, did nine he? to nineteen? Yeah, he got he got he got. Speaking of up. rookies, Zach Wilson <laughs> and his mom looked really yes. good yesterday. Yeah, one hundred and fifty-seven. <laughs> you know, quarterback rating. Yeah, nine eleven, one hundred twenty-eight yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, looked I, good. I. I'm. I'll. I'll say it. I'll eat crow if he can He just. He plays for the Jets, and and that's the. That's going to be the biggest problem. They it? don't have no, a whole don't. lot outside of him. Uh, and, and I. I don't. Another situation. New coach Robert Sala. You don't know what you're going to get out of him. He's more of a defensive-minded kind of a coach. Uh, so. I. I don't know. I don't trust the Jets. He may look good. It could be like a Justin Herbert situation where. You know, the team was bad, but he looked really good. So it, it'll be interesting to see so far in the first two weeks. He's he's shown no signs of, you know, being being afraid or that he's going to, you know, shit the bed. Like I speculate he will, but we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. Cool. All right. On to the next. Entertainment review. Yes. Entertainment review. Yes. I don't have it queued up. You don't have it queued I up. I don't have it queued up. Uh-oh. We need to do a little pre-show. Uh... Did you load it? Hey, there it is. I did. There it is. What's up with that? What's up? Oh, oh wrong show. Wrong show. That is the this, wrong show. This is the Rich and Tom Entertainment review. Yeah, entertainment review. Uh, in this week's review, uh, which we kind of hinted last week, that we were going to do, but I hadn't seen it yet. Um, Netflix new documentary, which has been out for about two weeks, I believe the malice at the, at palace. the palace. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you something. I'm going to give you my take and then you can go and run with it. My take is this. <laughs> okay. I remember watching it live. Oh yeah. I remember watching it live. Um, that year, the Pacers were a freaking unbelievable bat. actually to be honest with you they were they were great the for a number before. of years yeah. they were great for a number of they years they gave us fits in 04 and um they they definitely improved because what they and they did the right thing they wanted to win a championship yep. for reggie miller they went and got steven jackson steven jackson um ron artest uh, he, he might have been he, the year before no he was there he was on the team he had been on the team for a couple of years oh, okay yeah but anyway so they, they had made a trade from chicago when he came to chicago. that's what it was yeah so you got um you got these guys um getting a huge disagreement on the court it spills out into the uh into the fans <laughs> um do i think the detroit fans were dumb yeah mm -hmm. yeah dumb mm -hmm. The guy throwing the uh, the, the launch and the beer bottle at him. While first of all, John Green. First of it all, was a, it was a cup of ice. So, 
why why would you go and lay down on a scores table? I don't get but then but then now that I see that mm-hmm. and I kind of get the backstory on Ron Artest oh. from this right here. Absolutely. He had a lot of mental he was a head case. Anxiety. The whole he was day. a huge head case. Yep. He, pressure, mm-hmm. you know, you know. So that was like pretty much like the like the explosion mm-hmm. that happened yep. for him. So that happens, but the view and the gist I've got of the entire documentary is it was a gigantic Indiana Pacers wine fest. Yep. It That's was not, it was 100% call, call the ambulance. Mm-hmm. Well, it was Jermaine O'Neill's production company that put it out. Was so, it really? So there's your first, uh, your first uh, indication that it was not going to be pro piston. Hey, what did Ron Artest change his name to? Meta World Peace, which yeah. they talked about in the documentary. Meta in um, in uh, Buddhism is like clarity. It's like uh, it, it, it's it's you know I don't know anything about Buddhism or anything like that. I know Buddhism that, that but that's a different <laughs> subject. Uh, but it's it's like mental clarity and. And he chose that because, yeah, he he lost his mind uh, after that point, and he, you know, he asked for a trade after the suspension. He asked for a trade. He was a coward, and he openly admitted he was a coward, and and he regrets doing that. And he needed to find a place in 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 his life uh, to. I don't know, deal with his anxiety, deal with his depression, which hadn't been working. That's when he found Buddhism. And uh, so that that meta is is, okay. is like a buzzword for that. You know, and I and I didn't know that he had like his own uh, psychiatrist traveling with the team where he had to meet. Um, you know, I just I guess for me, I didn't realize that, you know, and I, I you know, I I suffer with anxiety and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So. I don't think it's nearly on the level that he's on, no. but I mean, I do get bouts of anxiety, so I can kind of relate a little bit to that. But well, I think it, the his, whole the whole fight thing, yeah. Um, and then the two dudes get on the court, oh. and, like, and like one goes up, and he's like, the, he like, squared him up. He's like this or whatever, <laughs> dude. You know, dude, you know you're getting fists. Oh, absolutely. You know you're getting fists. So even even the uh, I, I Reggie Miller uh, in the documentary, who was pretty, he was pretty, he was good. Uh, um, good during the documentary, you know, he basically looked at the camera and he's like, why would he lay on the table? You just became a target. And uh good old John Green, which one in a million shot. When you look at it, he was, he was probably 25 feet, 30 <laughs> feet away. That was his hole in one shot. Oh my gosh. And he just underhanded it. And the, the crazy thing was, uh, the dude jumps up and goes and runs and, and and John Green's like, oh, over here. And the dude's partner got lambasted. Oh, yeah, he got tagged. Got oh, he got, oh, he got tagged. Got lambasted. Yeah. You know, and that's just the thing. It's like you um, – it's like you just – I don't get it. I just don't – I just don't get how, how fans can – I mean, everybody has emotions mm-hmm. towards – Sports, yeah. A little bit later in the show, we're going to talk about emotions and sports. But everybody has an emotional tie right. to a sporting event. Um, everybody wants their team to succeed, or they want their team. They want to elevate their team to the next, right? But and mind you, I've gone to a lot of hockey games. I've gone to a 
lot of football games. I've gone to a lot of baseball games and not one time in my days of going to a game where I was so passionate enough to where I want to square up with somebody mm-hmm. in the stands I, over something. And now, I know it's like, listen, I come here. You know what? I tell you right now, I paid my money to sit in the seat. Mm-hmm. Mind you, I've had to sit behind some very unruly people. That's for yeah. damn sure. There's been some situations in the fans between other fans. Oh, yeah. But not fan player. No. no. You know, like when I was in Toronto, I went over, I went opening weekend a couple of years ago in Toronto. Jacob and Ryan and myself and we went as a family to uh, Toronto to go see uh, the opening series. It was the Yankees and the Blue Jays. Jays. Hmm. So we're sitting out there and we're in right field. I'm a a fan of right field baseball. Just Hmm. to give you a heads up, almost everywhere I've sit has been right field, (laughs) except for left field at Dodger Stadium, but big deal. But table for one. Yeah. So, so we're sitting there and I got the two boys sitting next to me. These Packer heads behind me. They wouldn't shut up the entire game. They belligerent. were belligerent. Yankee fans, I'm assuming. No, no. Blue Jay fans. Oh, wow. Belligerent. They must have been uh, just absolutely tearing apart. They were sauced Aaron up. Judge. They were all sauced up on the Rickards Red, I'm sure. It's probably Steam Whistle because it's right across the street. <laughs> but they were they were like all about getting on getting on Aaron Judge's nerves. This and was he was just like pre pre new teeth. Oh yeah. When he was actually, you know. Yeah. When he, yeah. So they were, I mean, they were going on, they were just ragging up. And it's bad when yeah, I think Ryan at the time was maybe six, seven. He looks at me and goes, Dad, can they please shut up? And that's <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't turn around and tell him to shut oh, up. Oh, he wanted to. He kept turning around and we're <laughs> oh, like, I, I, he, he wanted nothing to do with it. I, it and he would do it today, I'm sure. And funny enough, when we were at the game on Wednesday, we had some some younger folk mm. behind us. And every other word was F bomb this, F bomb that, F this, F it's that. It's ridiculous. And I'm like, I just turn around, I'm like, dude, I said, I got my 11 year old kid. And mind you, it's not, it's not that he Nothing hasn't, new. It's, right. it's not that right. he hasn't heard it before. It's just, you're and in it's public. Not, and it's not that he hasn't said it before, right. uh, uh, you know, on accident. Mm-hmm. But it's like, guy, let's tone it down a little bit because everything was yeah. the F bomb. Yes. So whatever but back to the back to the uh the documentary and and i agree with you it was i think it was the pacers maybe um closure because they were they were the best team in the nba you know going into that that particular game and they destroyed detroit that game oh they were killing them yeah and um so that single moment find how the season would play out, you know, uh, uh, what's his nuts? Jermaine O'Neal, who basically came to the rescue of, of Ron Artest in the, in the fan on the court, you know, he cold cocked the guy and the, the, the fan said he, uh, he sucker punched him. Jermaine O'Neal's, I, I missed him cause he slipped, but there was contact, but yeah. you know, he, he was facing, a felony yeah. and it was interesting to hear and there was a lot of it you know and they 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 really premised it like you haven't heard the whole story you know there's more to what you've seen and so they they showed a lot of behind the scenes thing and uh oakland county showed up in the locker room like you know we're taking you you're you're going to jail and he and he said 
call my attorney. I am not going with you. And, and I don't think any uh, plain Jane Joe citizen would ever get away with that. But no, but he, he you know, he was facing, you know, felonious charges. And and the big the big. Uh, situation that the Pacers were were complaining about, and I absolutely agree with them 100 percent. Where was security? Where were the police officers? There was two police officers that were scheduled for that game that night. I'd be interested to see how many of there are games now. Oh, well, I mean, shit, just go to Comerica and you, there's 10 by each gate, you know, and they're inside walking or their presence is felt. Um, I mean, obviously times are a little bit different, but um, they were showing all these, you know, CCTV shots and it was, it was free for all. You have these, you know, the ushers, which they're, they're, they're retirees, they're old yeah, white they're, ladies, yeah, they're, or, yeah. or yeah, old they're not white gonna stop. You're going to pull yeah. their purse yeah. out and start hey, whipping people. Stop, stop. I'm going to blow a whistle. Okay. Security guard, yeah. stop, or I'll throw my keys at you. <laughs> Get the fuck out of my way. And so I do agree that that, you know, was a big problem. And I, I think it highlighted how it got to be more blown up than it needed to and you, you just take a, a fight in the stands then turn into another fight and then when they're trying to usher the the players off i mean i i didn't i realized it but i i i don't i, I forgot just the carnage that took place before they entered the tunnel popcorn pop you name it was thrown on these players and, and as a fan as a piston fan i looking back yeah back then it was pretty funny to see it, how embarrassing. Yeah. I mean, what a black mark for, you know, the Detroit fandom and to look back at it. And, and, and yeah, but hold on. Here's the thing is when it first came out, everybody was like saying it was the Pacers. You know, they were like blaming the Pacers, like the thug mentality of the Pacers. Like, wait, hold on yeah. here. Let's back up a little yeah. bit. Let's back. Let's back. Up. Oh, hey, and the oh, media hey, ran hey, wild hey, with hey, it. Hey, pump the brakes yeah. here. I, the, oh, the yeah. Thug, you know, using the thug and. Yeah, they they were a little. Um, Stephen Jackson was a little, um, you know, unconventional. Ron Ortiz is unconventional, and but I mean, those guys were like schoolyard players. They were, you know, street ballers, and and that was their game, and it worked for them. Just like the uh, the the bad boys, they were they were street brawlers, you know, and yeah. that that was what worked for them. But uh, all in all, uh, I know before I seen it. Uh, there was a lot of backlash from a lot of the local uh, sports programs around here that, you know, oh, it's, you know, it, it makes Detroit look bad. Yeah, it does. And it, it's deserved, deserved. But um, I liked it. It was good. It was entertaining. I would have liked to have seen more than Big Ben uh, part of it because he's the only, he is the only player from the Pistons side that, you know, was was appearing on the documentary. So yeah. it was it was ninety nine point five percent one sided to the Pacers, and it was more or less their perspective. Of it. All right. So if you had to pick, say, besides the malice at the palace, if you had to pick just one one other uh, incident to happen between a professional player and a fan, which one would it be? Well, I was I was doing a little research earlier today about. Um, some of the most infamous uh, player fan altercations. There was a lot of them. Uh, it, it, and here's one where uh, it tends to, you have 
a line. I don't think you cross that line when it comes to uh, the personal lives of some of these players. Yes, their their life is out there. Yes, they're millionaires. Yes. But when you start poking fun about a player's wife having a miscarriage, you, you're setting yourself up for what happened to this player in uh, this fan in 95. Vernon Maxwell used to be a, a, a guard for the Houston Rockets. His, his wife just miscarried, and this piece of shit fan starts taunting him about his wife's miscarriage, and, and he snapped, and he went into the crowd, and he cold-cocked him, rightfully so. Uh, there's where the fans need to uh, know there, there's a line. In, in, I mean, in, yeah, if you can, my personal opinion, you can, if you want to be that guy, I mean, I'm not a person that's going to go and heckle yeah, somebody. Heckle's part of the game, that, but that's crossing it. But exactly. Like, yeah. at, at, what, at what point does that line be drawn in the mm -hmm. sand? Be like, okay, look, there's things that are off limits. Family's off limits. Sure. Kids are off limits. Sure. Um, but if you're going to heckle somebody, heckle you, them about their playing. The yeah. Field. You want to, you want to talk about me, you know, on the court, the ice, field, whatever the situation may be. Hey, that that's part of being a professional athlete. You have to have thick skin. You got to tune that. it out too. Absolutely, and and for the most part, I I think a vast majority of the athletes kind of just chuckle and they they fuel up. They get a little you know motivated by some of the things that that uh, you know. Hence the the fan heckling uh, old chicklet Aaron Judge. But uh, so here there was so at the game at. Um, uh, Give me a second here to think about it. The Cleveland game we went to. So Stroll was playing center field. Hmm. So there was a girl that was heckling him all game. I mean, I'm talking like heckling him. <laughs> she was giving him the business. Yeah, but I mean, it was, I, I'm not even going to say it, it wasn't like anything. I mean, I'm not gonna, it wasn't negative. But to hear it from a, 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 female, from a female fan. But from a female. So, yeah. And that's not a sexist uh, comment. That's just you don't normally hear so and i i'll say it right now it don't matter to me what she was saying but it was funny because my kids are right there but again kids are caught in there so she was screaming at the top of her line hey straw left hand for ass right hand for titties <laughs> i've been seeing a lot of that he's a titty he's a titty guy he's a titty guy yeah I guess, uh, and she just kept, she kept doing this to him. <laughs> I guess with the name of straw, you, you might be a little, uh, inept in the, uh, the other department that might not make you, uh, like that ass. If you know what I mean, you know, that bootyism. No. Yeah. No. But here's, here's one. I'll give you a bonus one. Um, it goes to show you, uh, times are very different these days. Uh, uh, this player would have never played ever again. Uh, even though he was probably one of the greatest hitters of all time. Ty Cobb, back in 1912, fans heckling him. He crawls up into the stands, knocks the dude out. He's handicapped. <laughs> He's handicapped. Knocks him out. He's in a wheelchair, and he Damn. just he cold cocks him. So he gets fined 50 bucks, which in 1912, that probably was worth 100 grand, maybe more. Yeah. Uh, and he gets suspended indefinitely, which I was reading the article. It was funny that the suspension lasted one game because they had to bring in college kids and uh, 
what did they say? They brought in college kids and Sandlot players to fill his spot, and they got beat bad. So the players who basically hated Ty Cobb because he was an asshole, uh, they went on strike. Said, "We're not, we're not playing again until Ty's back." So the league said, "Okay, just pay the fine." And so he paid the fine, and he was that was it. One, one game suspension for knocking the shit out of a handicapped heckling fan. Damn, boy, has time just Doctor Jack Morris says times have yeah, changed. Yeah, they have changed. People have to be very, very careful. <laughs> <laughs> so no, so mine would be uh, it was in, uh, mine would be I want to say it was in Philadelphia at the time. And it's hockey related. And uh, the uh, time that uh, Ty Domi got into it with a fan or whatever and got up on top of the glass and the glass fell over. And, and I had that, I had that video. I meant, to, I meant to send it to you. Yeah, so that, that was probably my my favorite one. But Domi was Domi started it. He was taking an water bottle and squeezing it to the fans behind behind the ice. And oh, yeah, he kept he kept he, he, he was starting it in uh, – I remember watching the video and, and the glass caved in and Domi's like, ain't this about a bitch? He's like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to just start That's awesome. <laughs> all right. So our oh. next, our, our next segment we have going, on was actually a request from somebody who watches the show. And, you know, again, I'm not a big fantasy football guy, um, but I mean, I do know fantasy sports. I'm not, Let's just say I'm, I know I'm not active in it because mm -hmm. it's just really not my – it's I, not my thing. Yeah. But I can tell you who's a good quarterback sure. who's not a good quarterback. Sure. So today, in light of uh, DJ wanting to yep. know if we would start talking about this. Not, not the entrepreneur. Not the entrepreneur. No, no, no. Not no, the no, entrepreneur. No, no, okay. No, not, no, just no, no. just entrepreneur. Yeah. Not yeah, the entrepreneur. Not, not that guy. Okay, okay, not that guy. But, yeah, so he, uh, he was just saying, you know, talk about, like, fantasy football and stuff like that. So, pretty much, we're just going to kind of break down, uh, you know, our top five that we have listed up there for, you know, quarterbacks. So, yeah, I, I was I was sitting here today brainstorming. Like, I agree with, with the season about to kick in the year here in the next three weeks. You know, fantasy football is hot. It's a big, big thing. Everyone – We were actually – We were actually guests on uh, – uh, a college football because yep. I college football River really City Media on River City yep. Media, yeah. and they they went on a marathon three plus hours. Yeah, there's no way I could do that. There's wow. no way I could no do way. That. But um, I was I was like, do we dedicate a whole show to it, or how we make this work? And it just kind of come to me like, you know what? Let each show let's break down a different position, and then you know, that'll lead up into the um into the start of the season. So today, like Rich said, we're gonna give the top five fantasy quarterbacks in the NFL. And uh, again, we do want to thank Derek Jasper for uh, the recommendation. And, and I hope you uh, enjoy this new segment. So with that being said, uh, number five, Justin Herbert. I agree. I, I, I agree with you on that because I think he's going to carry the momentum he had from last year mm -hmm. into this year. A little bit different of a setup, yep. new coach. Yep, and and it that's the one thing that you know you kind of say is is it going to you know hinder him a little bit? Um, I was not a big fan of him coming out of college. I I thought he was very overrated in college. I think overhyped, maybe not overrated, but a little do bit overhyped. Think, do you think you're you're you were reserved on it because he was an Oregon 
quarterback? <laughs> I mean, it, you, let, let's well, look at it. Marcus Mariota and Joey Harrington. And Joey Harrington. Uh, maybe a little bit, but even you know, in his sophomore season, he was you know he was a, a George Jackson September Heisman you know candidate, and and I don't think he ever really amounted, but he did have a huge Rose Bowl win in his senior year. So he definitely went into the league with some momentum, but I, I didn't have a lot of faith in him. Uh, he shut me up really quick with just his ability to, uh, to perform. So I think he's going to have huge numbers. Uh, I see him in some charts uh, at number seven, or, and then I see him in the top five or, or yeah, in the top five. So I think, I think, Number five definitely is a good good fit for him. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep. All right, so number four we got on the list, we got uh, Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers, fourth on the list. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how he does this year because uh, he had a very, um, very busy <laughs> offseason, let's just say, with oh, yeah. the speculations of uh, whether he was coming back to Green mm -hmm. Bay or not, whether he wanted to be traded, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is one that has always uh, thrived on the chip. Uh, chip on your shoulder. Last year, last year they, you know, they draft Jordan Love, which was, um, which was uh, uh, very interesting for them to move up to draft a quarterback when they clearly had their quarterback instead of addressing a quarterback needs. Yeah. I but, agree, but um, so having that, that chip, even though he'll say it was the ch it was a it was a giant chip on his shoulder, and he went out and won the MVP, and and you know, took him to the NFC Championship back to back thirteen and three seasons. So I I think that his relationship struggles with Gutagu, whatever the hell the GM's name, and and say what you want, Matt Lafleur. I I don't think. They're fans of each other. Uh, I think they both are uh, very competitive people. And um, I think he's going to go out and he's going to prove that uh, the Packers should have never messed with him. And um, pretty much he's going to put up big, big numbers this year. Yeah. So what I'm going to ask you to do right now is I'm going to ask you to go and uh, you got to turn that TV off back behind us. It, it says live on the screen. <laughs> Sorry, we got to turn the TV off in the background because we don't want to get kicked off because we do have some live sports going on behind us. And last time uh, we were doing it, we got the old boot off of uh, YouTube and everything like that. And Rogers, yes, he's going to be definitely somebody uh, who we're going to keep a real close eye on. You know, and I feel kind of bad for him because after this past season, he uh, they won the draft and they still didn't even bother to get him any help. So, he'll be back in a second. Is he back? Is he back? Yeah. He so back. yeah, he. he uh, they they did not address. Well, they did. They they drafted a a, a receiver, which was, I think in the second round. But um, so it'll be interesting, definitely, to see uh, how he's going to. Uh, clearly, they're gonna they're gonna win the the uh, the NFC North. News flash. That is not breaking news. They're gonna you know yeah, steamroll no, yeah, the NFC exactly. North. But uh. So number three, um, a lot of people had him as high as two, um, and as low as like four or five. But I, I, I think 
Lamar Jackson is, is is a perfect fit for number three. Uh, and I say this because um, after his, uh, uh-oh, oops, I got my pants moment in Cleveland. <laughs> why do you, why are you always checking out his ass? Oh, no. Well, you saw the video. Yeah, I, know, I know. He was like, get the fuck out of my way. I got to see my pants. Well, I know somebody who's got a little walk like that, too. Uh, when, did you like that you video going, I sent you the today? The video was funny today. <laughs> I will say it was funny. So, anyways, so he he has, he's not the greatest passer, but he has developed into a, a, a pretty nice throwing quarterback. He, he's his, his style is ugly as all get up. But when you have Mark Andrews and you have uh, Hollywood Brown, where in that particular play, all he did was just launch it, and Hollywood Brown is the fastest player, you know, wide receiver-wise in the NFL. He just went and got it. So his ability to, to now throw the ball, uh, along with his athleticism, you know, what he can do, you know, with his feet, uh, make him a huge fantasy get. You know, see, and I think in the first, you know, and that's, and I agree with you on the number three with Lamar Jackson. I think what's changed about his game the most is you know, when he first came in the league, I think his, his presence in the pocket, he was very uncomfortable. Well, and he, I think, he, I think over, over the years, he's learned how to manage uh, to get that pocket presence. And I think he finally realized that once he establishes that, that he has a pocket presence yeah. and he can stand in the pocket, that the coverage is a little bit different on him. Well, where, he never he never had to read a defense. You know, he no. would basically just read the linebacker and then the safety. You know, that's just kind of fundamental things. But as far as like reading what their setup is and whatnot, and here's the other thing: he went into the NFL. He was he was throwing the football. He had his fingers on all the laces, so he was throwing ducks just because most people will throw hold the ball. The, maybe the last two or three laces will be in these fingers and the ball, the, the, the end of the ball will roll off their finger. He was throwing the ball, flicking the wrist and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's a dead duck for the most part. So the coaching staff, uh, the, the good Harbaugh um, taught him basically the right. It's sad to say that, you know, an NFL quarterback, uh, you had to teach him how to hold a football and how to successfully throw a football, uh, that just shows you how scary he was with his feet. And, you know, when, when he was at Louisville, his ability to run. Yeah. So uh, in, in the NFL, that that's a one-trick pony when you're a running quarterback. The league will figure you out. You have to come up with another gadget, we'll say, now, to, to make it work. Now, would you, I mean, would you compare him on his skill set and everything like that? Uh, to like a Michael Vick or a Steve McNair type, or well, those are two different players. Randall Cunningham, Mc, McNair, and Cunningham are in the same same level. I think his ability to scramble, his his, his so light on his feet. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Michael Vick are, are in the same category. I think Vick clearly could throw the football. He 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 would drop back and throw a 50, 60 yard bomb. So that was, he'd, his. Also, he'd also run around the backfield for about a hundred yards sure. before throwing the ball. Sure. So they're, they're running talent, they're running ability. Sure. They're in the same, uh, same, uh, level. But as far as like Steve McNair and, and Randall Cunningham, big, big arm, uh, not over you Randall, or jump over you. Randall Cunningham, not QB one from river city media. Right. This is true. Yeah. 
former yeah, the non Philadelphia Eagle, Minnesota Viking. Yeah, I think those are the teams he played for. Yeah, and so for number two, Josh Allen. Yeah, uh, a, a, a lot of people they love him. They oh, love him to death. I I, I, I think he's great. I think he's I think he's fantastic. Um, I think he really um, changed the perspective of a lot of people this past season. You know, he was a he was a quarterback that came out of a very small school, mm -hmm. Wyoming. Yep, in the WAC. Mm -hmm. And uh, he's dude. He's legit. I mean, he is a legit quarterback. And I he's a throwback. He is. He is. Yes. A, he is a throwback, in a sense that he leaves it all on the line. He can throw a deep ball. He can manage field, and he can run. He's very, very athletic. He can run. That that's the one thing that I think a lot of people don't realize it, his ability on his feet, his his ability to take off when he needs to. I mean, ask the Vikings in his in his rookie season. You know, they went in. I think Buffalo was like a three touchdown uh, underdog, yeah. and Josh Allen. I mean, they were down by twenty eight points by half, uh, Minnesota. Uh, and it was his running ability that 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 won that game for him. And now, what throwback quarterback would you say he's a kind of a model after? Uh maybe a Dan Marino and it, it, with his ability to throw it, or a John Elway. Uh, those guys clearly weren't um, bringing down the house with their feet. Speed, yeah, they're yeah they were they weren't speed demons. But leadership, um, size. Just, just the way that that he can throw the ball. When you have Steph Diggs on, on the end, I mean, they've got yeah. they're gonna they're gonna walk away with the AFC East, no problem. Um, so he just, but he's you, a, you know who you know, but you know who he reminds me of. I mean, it's not. I'm not gonna say it's an exact replica or anything like that, but and I'm not gonna say it's the exact similar style, but a, a quarterback that left it all out, guy who was who could run a little bit and he could throw. Steve Young, I was. Steve Young. Absolutely. And and after your after who you were gonna say, I was gonna mention, I, I think aside of one's a lefty and the other's a righty, uh, which if that's on the screen, I think we're first, but uh that would yes, absolutely. Steve Young, who would uh run through guys, uh definitely could throw the ball, the the infamous touchdown to uh Terrell in the I think the AFC all card round where um, Terrell Owens before he, you know, his head got real big, you know, caught the pass and got, yeah. just got sandwiched at the goal line. And it was playing, they think they were playing the Cowboys. They might have been. And uh, caught the ball, held on to it, game winning touchdown. He comes up and he's in tears, but just his ability to thread the needle. But yeah, I absolutely 100%. I agree with you on that one. All right. So who we got for number one? Well, this is, this is the, the ultimate no brainer. Here's, here's a guy who, um, is you put him on the football field and all he's done is win. Um, uh, he will eat you alive with his arm. He will eat you alive with his running ability. Um, and as long as he's behind center, I, I don't think there will be another clear-cut MVP favorite anytime he plays, and that is, yes, drum roll, blah, 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 Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Also a draft pick of the Detroit Tigers. <laughs> this is true. That is true. This is true. What did it, what did we read on the 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 um the Tigers had more uh, Super Bowl winning draft picks than the Lions. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, but you know, but you know, with 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 that, I mean, he is, uh, he's got it all. He's, uh, you know, the all the intangibles, uh, you 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 want, you desire in a quarterback. Uh, I, you know, a field general is yeah. what, is what he is. Um, his football IQ, and the, there's never the play is never over with him. Uh, no, now let me let me ask you this question. I know you used to get pretty pissed off about the shovel pass and the sidearm passes by Stafford, but when Mahomes does it, you seem to not really care much about it. I, I, I didn't get, Ooh. I didn't get, um, can't get your tongue. Huh? I didn't get mad in the sense of the the shovel pass or the side. This Stafford sidearm it was a gimmick. That was a gimmick. Um, <laughs> But Mahomes, here, here's a here's a little tidbit. It works. It's yeah. successful. And he could be rolling left. And oh, I'm just gonna throw it left-handed like he did a couple years ago. Um, or he's rolling left and he throws completely against his body to the other side of the field. I mean, it's just the guy, throws it across uh, the field. It's just throws it way across the field. And and of course, you know, the Chiefs are loaded. They have a lot of talent around, which helps. Uh, you have Travis Kelsey, who did you see this week? He shaved his beard <laughs> and he got ripped on Twitter for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go and check that out. So he ended up, so he gets ripped on Twitter like Kelsey, uh, never do that again. Kind of like, you know, when I shaved my face, I had everyone telling me, uh, uh, don't. <laughs> or when do I shave my face <laughs> and I get made fun of. So, so he came out with a new profile picture. He took a selfie and then he took, uh, a sharpie and he penciled in a beard he goes look i just grew my beard back for you <laughs> but but he's uh you know he's a probably the best tight end not named george kittle in the nfl and and having having that piece security blanket uh makes him that much better so you definitely patrick mahomes and until he shows that he can't do it he he's he's the best quarterback in the nfl all right cool that was a good summary. So I guess yeah. ne uh, next show we will talk uh, running backs. Yeah, we'll do running backs. We'll do running backs next show. Yeah, I think running and backs that, anybody good. you know out there, you know, give us your opinion. Chime in. Talk about our our top five. Let's hear your top five. And for our next show, we're gonna like Rich said, we're gonna do running backs. So let's give us your top five running backs, and we'll talk about it next show. What what what? What what what? Is it that time again? What what what? It's so. It's that time again. So we got we got two what oh what. See, we didn't really get to the what what what's on the last show. No. So this is a carryover. So one of them had a, a, a kind of a local feel, but it didn't happen here. Yeah. So um what what I want to do is I want to talk about uh I want to talk about this one. So on Thursday I went to watch my son's baseball practice. And at the baseball practice, one of the diamonds there were some folks there, and there was a lot of them. They were playing this game they call cricket. Oh, really? Yes. Where in the hell was practice at? Novi. Yeah. Oh, it was. So that's interesting. So I'm, I'm what I mean. I was talking about these guys had jerseys. They had they had the gloves. Uh, these these were legit hmm. cricket players. Wow. I watched a little bit of it. I I'd like to learn just not I mean, I'd, I'll never play it, but I wouldn't mind learning like the rules of the game so that way I can be like okay so that that's a point mm. or that's a point and that's a point so yeah. <laughs> I found this video of cricket and uh, I just thought this was absolutely hysterical so let me let me cue it up here. 
Oh, no. oh, this time I gotta laugh at this. I've never seen this in the 25 years of the Let's have a look at some of the interception points here for Alex Hales. Out out and yeah. I don't think he got anywhere near that. Anywhere near that. The the classic of that video was the the woman saying, "Oh, it is in the woolies." Like, in the woolies. Oh, oh yeah, that definitely would be. I guess you might call it the woolies. Are they not wearing a cup? It sounded like it hit a cup. And that ball is, hard, that, 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 you know what? It, that ball's like a lacrosse ball. Yeah, I mean that thing is that would inflict some damage. But I will tell you this right now. So I watched a little bit of it, and uh, it it looks pretty cool. And, I mean, it, it does. It looks pretty cool. We're gonna have to do a. Pull up the rule book because it just like rugby. I don't know. I don't understand how they score in rugby. We try to learn Australian football uh, from Nick, but it was yeah. kind of tough. Yeah, we'll we'll have to get some more time and have him on the show again so he can uh, school us in the art of Australian, Australian. rules football. There don't you call go. it rugby. All right. And so the next one, Jesus, Pete's. I tell you, we talked about this earlier today. Oh. Why? What are with people? And here's a here's a fan stands. on fan situation. I mean, like seriously, like what, like. Like what the what the fuck is on with these people? So let me pull the next one up. This is an actual what 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 place Saturday night? Yeah, in Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. Shut up! Say good night to the bad man. Hold on, and down goes Frazier. They do not. Knocked out. So, so Karen was yelling at. Uh, I love the yeah, yeah. She she like, she 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 Somebody get his glasses. The game just went on over too. Like, I don't get it. I don't get it. Well, you, you take a, a situation here. Here's Karen, who uh, protected her husband. Clearly. Yeah, I mean, well, not no. first. Well, see, I I want to say that the in, the it was between that guy. The two guys were getting into it. I think, because we don't see the whole video. No. This is just my speculation on what it is. So then the, the two dudes are probably John, John Jack, and Beck. Perhaps. And perhaps. She... Probably was like pissed off that he was getting into it. Well, no, no, going at it with him. Oh yeah, she's probably like, hey, dude, you know, hey, sit down and shut up, man. Because you you heard him say, she told you to be quiet, and then and then and then she turns around, and tells him to shut up, shut, and then slaps yeah. him. Well, here's here's my thing, and I'm I'm not a fan of a, of a man no, hitting a woman. Absolutely not. But if a woman wants to act like a man, well, you better be ready to get treated like I, a man. I, I think 
that definitely is the situation here. And I'm um, and I'm and I'm not one to hit women. No, fuck no. But I mean, realistically, me if a woman slapped me like that, I wouldn't hit her back. Now, if she no. like closed fist, cold cocked me, yeah. She yeah. she might have something coming. Well, I mean, you get alcohol in the mix. That's why I said just, might have yeah. something coming. So my thing is the way she turned around and said to him, sit down and shut the fuck up to the it clearly tells me that she said that phrase to him in the past. <laughs> that, that wasn't something <laughs> no, new. That, that, was not, a, that was not a, 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 a first time. Situation. She probably baby bitch, baby get in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and old boy says, uh, she just told you to sit down, shut the fuck up. He's like, hey, he's like, hey, baby, look, he, <laughs> hey, she just, she just told you to that. And then she turned around and she looked uh, at him, told him to shut the fuck up. And, told, and, exactly. uh, and then, uh, and then slapped him. Open fist slap. And see, uh, see the open fist slap, I, I, I don't think I, I would, I would hit somebody back. Now, if it was closed fist, right? I, you know. You ever you ever remember seeing that guy who was the bus driver in Cleveland when that woman started jaw jacking the driver? No. And then she slapped the driver. Mm -mm. Dude, that guy got up and uppercut her so hard it knocked her through the door and out. Well, I think I think a lot of people will, um, maybe some women will will do some things uh, knowing that generally a, a man's not going to react. Uh, yeah, yeah. In the same manner, uh, but in this situation, I he struck a nerve. And then uh, you know, uh, the boyfriend, husband, whoever he was, sprung into action to uh, protect his woman, and uh, we'll just see that um, he got he got shut up pretty quick. Yeah, he got he got he got knocked the fuck out. So that was that was definitely. But situation, you got alcohol. It's Saturday night in Pittsburgh. How long have they been drinking? Oh, yeah. All day. Oh, yeah, I'm All sure. All day. Oh, I'm sure. And uh, it's hot. It was probably, you know, 80, 85 degrees humidity. Yeah. So temperatures are flaring and um, just it's it's the recipe for disaster. So yeah. um, that dude will know uh, to never uh, mess with another fan. I think he learned his lesson. That's for sure. Oh, yeah, that or he's, he'll never go to a game with Karen again. Yeah, yeah definitely not messing with that. <laughs> so on that note, uh, it looks like we, uh, we're up against time and we're done. But what we want to do is we want to let everybody know that, uh, you know, next weekend uh, from probably noon to two, noon to three, uh, out at the Butchery in Sylvan Lake. We've done a show there from there once before. Uh, Sandwich of Palooza 4, mm -hmm. Burger Day. Yep. They said Sandwich of Palooza 5 is going to be all about the sausage and hot dogs. Oh. So, hmm. question for everybody to think about. Sure. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. No. Why is it? Why not? Uh, because it's it's in a bun. Yeah, but it's between two pieces of bread. It's not. A bun is not what two if the, pieces. What if the bun falls apart? That's a janky-ass bun. Oh, you saying? No. We're not going to get into this. We're it not is gonna, not. It is not a sandwich. A, a hot dog is a hot dog. It's a sandwich. It is not. Now, what if you cut this hot dog in half? Uh, is a hot dog cut in half? No. Yep. No. It's not a sandwich. It's a sandwich. Anyway, so it's we not got a sandwich. <laughs> so we got that uh, on. Uh, we got that on Sunday. Uh, Saturday. 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 Saturday the twenty eighth. Yep. Yep. Uh, may or may not be broadcasting from there. Up in the air. Getting a lot of push. Get a lot of push. Oh, 
I was kind of like hoping like I'd go there and sit there and just sit there and have a burger and enjoy, right. enjoy the fellowship. Yeah, meet meet some of the uh, fellow Twitter peeps. Yeah, and I just I think that's the route I'm gonna probably go. Discuss who makes the best ketchup. Oh yeah, for sure. Oh yeah. And 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 the big question is with the hot dog show is ketchup, yes or no on a hot dog? Absolutely not. Now let me ask you this on a hot dog. Let me ask you, what if you have mustard, ketchup, and relish? Mustard and relish, yes. Ketchup, yeah. But see, the, go back to Canada. No, but here's the thing: is so if you, if you have mustard and relish on, you got two things with quite a bit of vinegar on there. You got to sweeten it up a little bit, and that's going to be, that's going to be your ketchup. Not, not, not for me. All right, not going to do it. Wouldn't be prudent. I hear you. So anyway, uh, we out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Easy Speak and Speak Easy 330. You can catch us every week at ilogicmedia.com, Apple, and Spotify. Be sure to check us out on Twitter and Instagram at Easy Speak Cast for the latest and up-to-date news. Cheers.